This is a test. For the next 60 seconds, this station will conduct a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. The following program is intended for mature audiences. Oh, you can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious! That ball was on the line! Shot flew up! Hey there, tennis fans. It's time for This Week in Tennis. My name's Phil Nasons, and I'm the host of this weekly radio show. You can catch us every single day at Max Sports Channels. You can also catch us at the 405 Media, the Talk Alternative, and we're here to talk men's professional tennis. And joining me to do just that, from Scotland, and a little rivalry between the USA and Great Britain, so we're going to have some fun with that. Please welcome Craig Doyle to the show. Craig, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, my friend, and I am really looking forward to this rivalry on today's show. Something a little different, I'm sure. Yeah, usually the U.S. when it's USA against or England, it's usually not bad. This is a little different, but Davis Cup begins this coming Friday, March the 6th, and it goes through the 8th of March, and we're going to talk about all that. We're going to preview every single World Cup tie, Greg. And I believe we have eight ties in the first round of the world group. Yes, we do. And it ought to be fun. Let's start with Germany in, against France. This one is being held indoors on rebound days in Germany. And I got to tell you, it looks like a loaded team once again for France. I think they're going to be pretty good in this little tie. Yeah, I mean, France are one of those teams in the Davis Cup that you always expect to do pretty well. They don't have uh, a top 10 player at the moment, but um, they have guys ranked between 10 and 30. Um, three of them, in fact, uh, Gio Simon, Gael Monfils, Richard Gasquet. These guys, they're, they're going to stick around there for the next few years. They're a solid team. And, uh, you know, comparing that over to Germany, you, you would expect, France have just to have that little bit too much quality for Germany. Um, too many big name players there, and you would expect, despite the fact it's in Germany, that the French will succeed here. More than likely, they will. Philippe uh, Kohlschreiber is playing for Germany. Benjamin Becker is with Germany, obviously. Jan Lennard Struff is there, and Andre. Benjamin is also there. It should be a lot of fun. Nicholas Mahu, or Mahut, excuse me, is the lone France player that we didn't talk much about. But he's also a formidable singles player in his own right, even though his ranking has slipped. He's ranked 18th in the world in doubles. So that's got to be good for something, I suppose. And I, I agree with you. I think Francis has a load. But I don't think, they're gonna, I don't think it's going to be a whitewash, Craig. I think Cole Schreiber is probably going to win one of those. But the whole thing with France is, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's always about what kind of mood these guys are in. Because you never really know with Gael Monfils, and you never really know with Richard Gasquet, do you? Well, the problem with Gael Monfils, and I'm sure we've mentioned this a lot of times on the show, is that he'll probably turn up in party mode. You know, French crowd, uh, sorry, German crowd, but you know there'll be a French contingent of the crowd. Uh, he'll be there to entertain, and sometimes he gets a little bit too carried away with his showmanship and these uh, extreme shots. 
take take it on the um, options that are, are not preferable when when you know a simple forehand will do. He would try and do something clever. If he can keep on his game, then you know I I'd really favor France. But if he gets carried away by the occasion and he's playing up to the uh, French contingent in the crowd, then maybe um, there's a chance for Germany to get in the tie. What what we do know about France is that. When faced with adversity, they, they do struggle a little bit. They, they they don't have that big personality that's on the team that can say, okay, this is not a problem. I'm going to come out, win my match, set things right. Um, so if they get off to a bad start, let's say the opening rubber is won by uh, Cole Schreiber, for example, France might struggle to come back from that. So it, it'll be interesting to see who wins that opening one. And I think if France don't win it, it'll be a lot more an exciting tie than if they do. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, moving on now, we're going to save the best for last because I really don't want to talk about that one yet. The Czech Republic against Austria, and it's in the Czech Republic, and it should be a lot of fun. It's another hardcore indoor tournament, and it should be interesting. Australia is going to send Bernie Tomic, Samuel Groth, and Leighton Hewitt, and che- the Czech Republic has Lucas Rosal, the Nadal Slayer, Yuri Vesely. Jan Martel, and Adam Pavlizic. That ought to be a very good little tie there, but I got to give the edge to the Czech Republic. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, obviously, they're missing their um, key man in Thomas Burdich. He's not listed as playing this tie. Um, if he had been listed, I'm, I'm sure we would both be sitting here thinking Czech Republic's a definite winner. Um, Australian team's interesting only three players on the team I'm, I'm guessing that one of the younger players dropped out um, Bernie Tomic leading the line is he the man you want to lead the line in the, the Davis Cup he, he's ranked inside the top 50 he's he's a good all-round player he's another one of those players though that you take him out of Australia you put him in a, a pressure situation sometimes he doesn't respond well to that um, looking down the line, you've got Leighton Hewitt. I'm not sure what the decision is on, on his participation. Obviously, he's a, a veteran of the game. Is, is he going to come in and play singles? Certainly, Australia's got options. One thing I know for sure is that we're going to see a lot of aces. You've got Lucas Rosal on one side. You've got Samuel Groth on the other side. They'll be booming down the big serves. Um, you know, aces for charity is going to benefit from this one for sure. Um Close tie, but I'm going to agree with you. I think Czech Republic's just going to edge this one out. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Aces for Charity is going to make some cash in this one. There's no question. But I, I like Lucas Rosal here to win a match, though. And then you never know. You know, you nailed it right there with Bernie Tomic. You just never know what's going to show up. Leighton Hewitt, don't be surprised if he plays singles. I wouldn't be surprised. His ranking might be down, but he's been around a long time. And he's not going to be intimidated by the occasion. He's not going to let the occasion get the best of him. It's been around. And who knows, maybe Wally Masur will have to uh, step up and play a little bit. You never know. But I'm going with the Czech Republic in this one, Craig. There's no doubt about it. It has to be. Now let's move on. Kazakhstan versus Italy. My man Kush Kush is at home. It's another hardcore indoors. And for Kazakhstan, you've got Kukushkin and you've got 
Golubev, and you've got a couple of guys. I don't even want to try to pronounce their names. The guys I've never seen play. Italy, though, Craig. Fabio Fognini's playing. Andreas Seppi is playing. The Federer Slayer. Simone Bolelli is in there, as well as Paolo Lorenzi. I can never say his name, but uh, I'm going with Italy here. Even though I'm a big fan of Kush Kush, I I just got to go with Italy. They look strong. Yeah, and, you know, you just touched on Seppi, the Federer Slayer, um, on form. Bolelli, been playing well recently. Fognini didn't have the best start this season, but he's picked up again recently. Um, he had a win over Nadal a few weeks back. That's, you know, big confidence coming in there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go Italy as well, assuming they're, you know, not fixing matches or um, being accused of anyway. Or um, our man from last week uh, isn't involved in uh, dishing out his uh, PEDs or whatever. Um, not a great time to be in Italian tennis, but uh, this is going to be their week and they're going to be successful, I think. Sure they will. I think they will. Uh, Fognini and Bolelli will probably play doubles too. And if I'm not mistaken, they won the Australian Open doubles, didn't they? Uh, yeah, I believe they did, yeah. Ah, see? So this is a strong Italy team. So maybe it isn't a bad time for to be an Italy player, or a player from Italy, but it is a bad time if you're uh, a suspended Italian player. You know, that's, that's never a good uh, look to be suspended for fixing matches. It is never a good look. And here we go. We've got more to go, Craig. More to go. Argentina. Brazil. Brazil is back in the world group. This one is going to also be played in Argentina. Outdoors. Red clay. That's got to favor Argentina. Leonardo Mayer. And then you've got a whole bunch of guys who haven't played a whole lot. And then you've got, for Brazil, ooh, this is a toughie. You know, they probably will win the doubles with Melo and Soros, but outside of that, I don't think they have much of a shot. Looks like the Argentinians are going to move on here. Yeah, you would think so, and it's not the strongest Argentinian lineup out there. Obviously, uh, Juan Monaco's not on the list. Um, I, I don't know if he's had a fallen out with his federation or something, but he's not there. Um, Juan Martin Del Pozzo, obviously he's out with a, a short-term injury. He's hopefully going to be back shortly, but not for this tie. Um, I think it's a very good draw for Argentina because at a time when you know some of your top players are not available, to draw uh, a Brazil team that doesn't have a singles player ranked inside the top 70 in the world, that's a good draw. Especially when you look at Meyer up at 29, Delbonis 59, Schwartzman 64. Argentina's got options, and uh, I, I think they'll come out the gates flying, um, and I think they'll be 2-0 up at the end of day one, and they'll win another singles over on day three to, to tidy things up. Really good job for Argentina, and I see them advancing. Yeah, the one thing is with Davis Cup is you can almost throw out the uh, rankings, and it just all depends on momentum, and uh, a lot of times it depends on where you're playing. Maradona will be there waving the flag. It ought to be fun. It's going to be like a World Cup match because the Argentinians love their tennis, and they love their tennis players. 
Remember all those ties with David Nalbandian? You know, he was one of those kids who loved to play at home. You had Maradona over there having fun, and it is what it is. But one match, this the one tie besides the uh, USA-England matchup that's got me intrigued is this Serbia-Croatia matchup. And that's going to be played in Serbia, so you know the folks there are going to go nuts. It's going to be an indoor place, so it's going to be louder than all get-out. And you've got headlining world number one Novak Djokovic. You've got Victor Trici. And then you've got Nenan Simone or Zimonovic is playing doubles again, man. This guy is older than the Bryan brothers. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and on the uh, flip side with Croatia, you've got Marin Silic. And you've got Koric, and you've got Delic probably playing doubles, maybe. And then you got Dragana also possibly playing doubles. This could be good, but uh, Zimonovic, he's something, boy. He's been around a long, long time, and it's nice to see him still playing. Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, one has to wonder how many more seasons this guy's got left. If you've not been out and seen him, he's a fantastic doubles player. He's definitely someone on the doubles tour that's can be seen as an ambassador. So go out and get a ticket to see him. If he's at a Grand Slam while you're there, step off the main court, you know, half an hour, go check this guy out because he's the real deal when it comes to doubles. Um, as for the tie, this is going to be crazy. This is only the second meeting, I believe, since um, these two nations uh, had the political split from the old Yugoslavia. They don't like each other. They don't like each other in general, not just at any sport. Um, we've had incidents down the year in tennis where we've had Serbians and Croatians at the Australian Open, expat communities throwing chairs at each other, etc., this is going to be pretty crazy, and I would not like to be a Croatian inside the uh, Kraljevo Sports Center in Serbia, because that atmosphere is going to be real hostile if you're Croatian. Um, this is going to be taken very seriously, uh, which is probably why Novak Djokovic is leading the line. We all know he, he likes to represent his country, despite the fact that he now uh, resides in Monaco. He likes to do his bit for his country from elsewhere, but uh, this time he's going to turn up. He's going to... I think he's going to beat Chilich. I think he'll beat Korik quite easily. And, you know, things are going to come down to Zeminovic in the doubles, who I think will win. So I, I could see this actually um, being a, a whitewash, a 3-0 whitewash, unless... Martin Chilich plays Victor Choiki on the first day, in which case it will go the three days. But I, I just don't see Croatia having the firepower to to overcome the two Djokovic wins. You know, if they're two and zero on opening day, you might see Novak Djokovic playing doubles. And stranger things have happened. They like to wrap things up quick, especially at home. And he likes to play at home too. You know, that's one thing about that kid. He likes to play at home. And when he gets the chance, which isn't very often, he takes advantage of it. I'll give him that. And he may play doubles. It could be a fun little uh, tie, uh, unless, of course, you're Croatian, and then it's probably not going to be so much fun. But it's a good little uh, matchup, and it's going to be a great place to play indoors. It's going to be loud in that facility. There's no question about that. But it should be fun, and I, I agree with you. I think Serbia is going to have too much. But, again, this is Davis Cup. And you never really know. There's no question about that. The, another one that's interesting to me, Craig, 
And maybe it isn't interesting. Canada against Japan. You've got uh, Milos Orejanic, young Milos, is going to be heading up the Can Canadian team. And then you've got Pospisil in there too. And then you've got Daniel Nestor, who's another one. If you're in the area, this is going to be played in Vancouver. And you want to watch a really good doubles player? Daniel Nestor will be there. And I guarantee you, you're going to learn a few things from him. He is up there. He's This young fella is in his 40s now. And he's still playing well. God bless him. And he's going to be seeing Kei Nishikori and Go Seda. And then you've got Ito over there. And you've got Yuchiyama. This is going to be a fun tie. But this is where young Milos is going to have to step in. And he is going to have to take care of business if Canada is going to win this one. Yeah, I think so. Although I, I do fancy Pospisil at number two for Canada there. He's uh, he's a good player. He's been on a decent run as of late. He's uh, he's suited to the surface as well. All of that's going to come into his in, into its own here for him. He, he's, he hits big, big serve, big forehand. Exactly what Milos Ravn is just going to be doing. Um, you got to weigh this. This weigh that big matchup up there. That Milos Raonic six in the world, Kenny Shikori five in the world. That's that's huge stuff for the Davis Cup. That's what it's all about. Two guys at the top of their game. It's two different styles, contrasting styles. Big hitting from Raonic, big serving from Raonic, um, defense from Nishikori. It's going to be good. That's that's got the uh, the hallmarks of a, a great best of five sets match. That's something that people are going to invest in. If you know, if, if you only get a chance to see one Davis Cup match this week, I, I would probably recommend that one because it's uh, it's going to be close, I think. But uh, yeah, I'm going to favor Canada. Just the the experience of Nestor um, in the doubles is is valuable when you're coming up against. Uh, a nation without any real doubles players. I'll give Canada the doubles, and I think that means that Pospisil and Roundage need to win two out of four. It looks likely to me, so I'm, I'm going to stick with Canada. Yeah, I'm going to go with Canada too, even though I think Nishikori and Seda will probably play doubles as well, and that could be interesting too. You know, whoever wins that doubles tie on Saturday, that's going to be, uh, that's going to be tough. That rubber is going to be a tough one. Whoever wins that one, will probably win this matchup, Craig. I, I would have to think. Uh, boy, we're rolling right along through this thing here. And we've got Belgium and Switzerland. And noticeably absent is Roger Federer and Stan Wawrinka. And, and I'll tell you what, I don't know if I would have done that because you've got a bunch of young kids from Switzerland taking on David Goffin, who is up and coming, folks. Watch out for Goffin. He is on his way, I think, and this is going to be a fun little tie for Belgium, for my family's home country, where all my ancestors are from. Belgium. Go Belgium. What do you think is going to happen here? Well, what I think is this must have been the best match ever to bet on if you backed Belgium. Because um, when the odds came out for this one, you looked at it, Davis Cup champion Switzerland against Belgium. The first thing you saw as well, Roger Federer and Stan Wawrinka probably wiped the floor with both the Belgian guys in the singles, and it's finished. But as you said, neither Roger Federer nor Stan Wawrinka are playing, which means David Goffin is the top player in the tie. Steve Darcy is ranked 
105 in the world, is the second top player. In fact, none of Switzerland's four players are ranked in the top 250. So what we're looking at here is a potential Belgian whitewash against Switzerland, which, you know, means Switzerland's going to be fighting to stay in the world group later in the year because I just can't see Switzerland, these young guys, being able to take it to someone like Goffin or someone with the experience of Darcy's. And I, I really do think this could be a, a 5-0 to Belgium. What was the odds? It's like 100 or 200 to 1 when it first came out, right? Yeah, oh yeah, man. You, you'd be able to name your price because pretty much the bookmaker would be certain that uh, Switzerland was going to win this. I wonder how many people took him up on it. I know I didn't. I wish I would have because that's a heavy making the dash for the cash with a flash bet right there. Boy, this is something. I think Belgium, I think you're right. I, I, I think it's hard to say, though, with Switzerland. You know, these young guys, they've got a lot to prove, and this is a great stage for them. You know, this is a great opportunity for some of these young kids, and you never know. You never know with doubles, and it's in Belgium, which probably isn't a very good thing and for Switzerland, and it's on a hard court indoors, which is probably not a very good thing either, and the balls are going to be a little bit slower. They're the Babolat French Open Roland Garros balls. Could be interesting, but I think you're right. I think Belgium's going to win this tie, but... Don't be surprised to see Switzerland win a rubber. I don't know. I think they might. Now, this is the one my friend has been waiting for, and I kind of wish I didn't have to witness, but you've got Great Britain, and I keep calling them England, but I guess it's not Great Britain since their best players are from Scotland, against USA. Go USA, John Isner, Donald Young, the resurgent number 45 in the world, Donald Young. And then you've got the incomparable... World number one, Brian Brothers. They're taking on Andy Murray, who's been playing great. James Ward will be there. Dominic Inglot will be there. And Jamie Murray will be there. This is going to be something. I think the United States, in Great Britain, in Scotland, in Glasgow, near your home, my friend, I think the United States are going to pull off an upset. Does it count as an upset when you arguably have two best, well, you have the second and third best single players and, you know, the potentially the greatest doubles act of all time? Is it an upset if you win then? Yeah, because you've got the number three player in the world and Jamie Murray's a Grand Slam champion too. Oh, he's not a Grand Slam champion on he the level of... Bob and Mike Bryan. Though. Okay, that's true. But you know what? Mike and Bob Bryan have had some hiccups in Davis Cup over the years. Let's not forget that. So it could be interesting. I don't know what to say here, except go USA. <laughs> you know what this one hinges on? What's that? Which James Ward turns up? <laughs> would, 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 will it matter? Yeah, because if James Ward wins a singles, that pretty much means that if Murray wins both his singles, which, you know, that's not beyond possibility, that will change the tie. And that's kind of what happened last year when we played over in, I think it was San Diego. You decided we were going to play on the clay because Murray's not good on the clay. But uh, Ward beat, I think he beat Query in the opening rubber, and it pretty much changed the dynamic of the tie right there. Um, but you know, this year you've not brought Query, you've brought Donald Young, a guy who's hitting really well. So 
it'll be interesting. I I think that's the key matchup is Ward against Young because I, I don't think Ward's going to beat Isner, although I think he may have beaten him recently um, in, in a tournament. I, I think he beat him earlier this year in a tournament, actually. But Ward against Young, I think, will be the, the intriguing match. I think Murray will chop down the Isner serve. He will just block it back into play. He, he seems to do well enough against Isner. I think Murray will probably beat Young as well, which, and I, I'm positive the Bryans are going to win the doubles. So I really feel this Ward Young match will be pretty critical. If that's first day, first match on the court, that, that could be the tie gone after the first match. But I, I'm obviously not going to agree with you. I'm going to back Great Britain out of loyalty. I think Murray will win both his matches. I think Ward will sneak one and we'll win 3 2. You know, this DavisCup.com, they have all the ties listed, and they have in each one, show your support. Back the Brits, 92%. USA Tennis, 8%. Probably not a lot of Americans go to the DavisCup.com sites. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to back my my countrymen up. I'm going with Belgium. Oh, wait, we already did that, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, you you can't switch now, man. It's not allowed. Oh, I did. I I could have. Uh, I should have a long time ago, but I didn't. But uh, no, I have to go with the USA. And and you know we've got a couple minutes left, Craig. And every year guys talk about this, and we do when it's time for Davis Cup about how do you fix it? Is it too long? Because it seems like a week ago the Swiss won the Davis Cup, and now they've turned around and have to play again. And I think a lot of of why guys like Roger Federer and Stan Wawrinka aren't there now are because the season just lasts forever. And I think maybe something has to change. What, what do you think? Do you think anything's ever going to change, Craig? Well, I don't think so. I think they've got this rigid format for the Davis Cup. They fit it in around the ITF Grand Slam calendar, the ATP men's calendar, um, there's not a lot of dates that they can play these things on. Um, the way that they play them, I just don't see them changing that either. That's very rigid. It's the structure that they like. It's, it is it is what it is. And um, You look at this UK versus USA tie. I looked the other week. Tickets were exchanging hands for over $1,000 each for the Friday session. People are going. They want to go and see this. It brings tennis to them to places often that you, you can't see these big players like Glasgow, Scotland or Vancouver, Canada. It, places that are not uh, big on the the tournament map for the rest of the season until people stop going or people stop turning on the TV to watch. It, it's not going to change. You, you know better than anyone that uh, when your target audience is there and you're hitting your target audience, there's no reason to change it. Um, and, and I know people make comparisons to the Ryder Cup in golf and what a huge event that's become and the sort of support for it is massive and the passionate following, but I just don't see tennis following that route. Um, maybe maybe there's a, a, a way to, to do that. Maybe there's a, a proposal that people like, but at the moment... But, and for the foreseeable future, I just can't see a way of changing that. I can't see a way of guaranteeing the entry of the top players. that They're going to soldier on with what it is. Look at history. They'll say it's prestigious. It's a 
so many years old tournament that they're not going to change and people are stuck in their ways, unfortunately. Um, but that's my take. Maybe, maybe you have something, uh, something to add to that. Yeah, maybe what they should do is have it every other year and have it for like a week or two weeks at the end. You know, I think the guys would go for that much better. You know, there's a big problem with the uh, Olympics and eligibility for that and how many times you have to play for your country. And I guess maybe if they did it every other year, it might help. But I, I agree with you. I think it's great that some of these places get to host some great players. I mean, look at Canada. Look what they're going to get to see. The fifth against the sixth. Five and number six. That's a beautiful thing. really is. So I don't think they're going to do anything, Craig. And I don't, maybe I don't think they should. But if they did, I hope it would be like a one-package deal and let it be what it is. Great stuff today. Thanks for being on the show with me. Yeah, no problem, man. Thank you for having me again. And I look forward to speaking to you hopefully next week um, as the Davis Cup is concluding over here in Scotland. Absolutely. That ought to be interesting. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. Remember that we are on Max Sports Channels and the 405 Media. If you want to bring this radio show to your radio station, you can contact me through the site or just email me at phil at philnasonshow.com. For Craig Doyle, I'm Phil Nasons. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week on This Week in Tennis. <laughs>